Greetings to those who watch below. It's been a while, so it's time for another stop on our paranormal tour of the US, and today we're heading to Delaware. But before we start, I'd like to say thank you to those who dwell below, an exclusive channel membership that you can check out using the link in the description box. So thank you to Steffi Ray, Lefty Kim, M.A. Way, Julie B, Chris BLK Chris, Tegan S, Tasos Karamaris, LT Punisher 666, Wicked Witch, Christina Groves, Canopsia, and Lisa Watts. Also, if you'd like to support the channel further, make sure to hit that subscribe button, and while you're at it, that notification bell, so that you never miss a video, which you really don't want to do, as I've got some fantastic things coming for the channel soon. But for now, sit back, relax, and enjoy. My Grandparents' Farmhouse by KP Short 73 Growing up, we were taught that there was no such things as ghosts. Pop-Pop's house proved us all wrong. I was 17 when we moved into Pop-Pop's house. He had died about three years prior. I loved him and missed him dearly. I cried for years over him. It made it hard to deal with his death, looking at all his belongings and knowing he had lived there for over 50 years. My sister was 12 and my brother was 10. We all had our own rooms there. My sister chose my dad's old room, which she was excited about because we loved our dad. She slept there for about three months and suddenly she was downstairs sleeping on the couch. I asked why she didn't sleep in daddy's room. She flat out told me that she was going up the stairs and heard a man and a woman laughing in her room. We made fun of her and called her crazy. A few months later, I was in my room at the top of the stairs. I was putting my clothes away and heard a male voice say, What are you doing? Now, my brother being a jokester and my dad never coming upstairs, I had my back to the door and told my brother to get out of my room. I turned around and it was dark and no one was there. I threw my clothes on the floor, locked the door and went to bed. I didn't move all night. I told my brother a few months later, and of course, I was labelled nuts, just like my sister. My brother got his payback, though. It was a while later, and my brother and his friend were playing football in the side yard. They were at least 30 feet from each other when they heard a woman say, What are you doing? They both came inside and were quite terrified. They told me what happened and finally acknowledged that what my sister and I had experienced was real. It took a long time, but I told my dad what happened. He never denied seeing or hearing things there. The most outstanding thing that he saw was that he once saw a ghostly white horse run through the backyard when he was a boy. He told his parents, and they told him he was sick, and that he needed to go to bed. I was glad he understood us, and didn't tease or make fun of us. After my dad died, my sister told me that the house shook violently and they heard the sound of a train coming through. My great-grandparents ran a train station right in front of the house in the late 1800s. The tracks were gone when my dad was a boy. My sister said she smelled coal outside a lot. When my dad died, my mother turned all the utilities off in the house, such as the phone. My dad had his own phone because of the dial-up internet. I stood outside the window 
where he worked on the computer, the phone was turned off. I heard his phone ringing. I went into the house and checked for a dial tone. There was no sound at all. I thought maybe I heard the neighbour's phone. Months later, my mum heard it, and my sister heard it too. We call it the ghost phone. My mum had to sell the house in 2010. It had been built by our family over a 100 years ago. My siblings and I were devastated. The new owners burned it down, but in my mind it's still there. Our childhood getaway. Jumping off the porch and exploring the yard. No one will ever burn that down. I still have a key on my keyring to the back door of the house. I call it the key to the ghost house. Fort Delaware Fort Delaware at Peapatch Island was a US military fort and later prisoner of war prison. It is presently inactive and reportedly haunted by several ghosts. Peapatch Island has been owned by the US military since the 1810s. They seized it off a doctor named Gale, who had been using it as a private hunting ground and had refused to sell it. The construction of Fort Delaware was started in 1817 in order to protect the Delaware River from enemies. The fort was built with a moat and its location meant it was unable to reach by any means other than boat. During the Civil War, it became a prisoner of war camp for Confederates, including most of the troops captured at Gettysburg. The fort was not made to hold such large numbers of prisoners, even after they started building wooden barracks around the island. Many fights took place among prisoners, and there were food shortages. As a result, whilst Fort Delaware housed 40,000 prisoners in its lifetime, a total of 2,900 prisoners died at the fort. After the Civil War ended and the prisoners had all been released, the fort was used to organise the Arles Heavy Artillery Company, an organisation that trained troops who could specialise in artillery. After this, the fort became inactive. In 1947, the US government declared that Fort Delaware and Peapatch Island would be a national park, and thus so, the fort and the island have been preserved perfectly. General James Archer was a Confederate general during the American Civil War. He was the general who led such successful battles against the North, such as the Battle of Fredericksburg and Chancellorsville. After these, however, due to exhaustion, Archer became quite ill. Archer became so ill that by the time he arrived at Gettysburg, he was unable to lead his men into battle, which is why they were led by Major Henry Heth instead. Although Archer watched the battle from a distance, when his men started to retreat, the battle led to where he was, and so to avoid detection from Unionists, he hid under some dead grass. He was found, however, by a soldier named Patrick Maloney. Archer was captured and sent to Fort Delaware. Because of his illness and his respectable position, Archer made a deal with the Unionists. This deal was that Archer would be allowed to wander the fort and its grounds freely, as long as he did not try to escape. This was agreed upon, and Archer was allowed to go wherever he wanted. However, because the number of prisoners far outnumbered the number of guards, and the fact that most of the prisoners were Archer's men, Archer started making plans to overthrow the fort and escape. 
However, James Archer was found out and was summoned by the Fortona. The Unionists were shocked and worried by Archer's promise-breaking, and so, as a punishment, they locked Archer in the tunnels that ran under the fort, and left him there for many years. When he was finally let out, it was rumoured that the experience had driven Archer completely mad. Unable to return to the military because of this, Archer retired, and would later die in Virginia, aged 46. The ghost of James Archer is said to wander around Fort Delaware, especially in the tunnels below the fort. His ghost is mostly heard or even felt. Considered rather shy, he plays hiding from people, whilst it is reported that he does manifest, he is rarely seen. The ghost known as Private Stefano is the ghost of an Italian immigrant who had joined the Union Army. Stefano was one of the fort's many guards. There is a flight of stairs near the entrance to the fort that gets wet and slippy during humid weather. One time, Private Stefano was summoned, and he ran and slipped on the stairs and fell. He fell down several flights of stairs and broke his neck in the process, and cracked his skull open when he hit the bottom of the stairs. He died on impact. Since then, people have reported banging noises coming from that particular flight of stairs. This haunting typically happens if someone is reciting Stefano's story near the bottom of the stairs. People say that you are occasionally able to provoke this haunting by standing at the bottom of the stairs and calling Stefano's name. Rarely, a figure is seen at the bottom of the stairs, though this figure usually only briefly appears, then disappears. My True Ghost Story by Desiree Marie For some background knowledge, my father built our house a year or two before my experience. I was either seven or eight, I don't remember exactly. At my age, I hadn't had any family die or even begin to comprehend or think about the afterlife. Looking back, I think it's interesting that the house was new and still having spirits entering or leaving, doing whatever it was doing. As a child, I had a bunk bed that my great-grandfather had built for me. One night, I suddenly awoke facing the wall, not sure what had woken me up, and I just laid there for a few seconds and then felt a heavy presence in the room. I actually thought my mum or dad might have been in the room checking on me. I said out loud, hey, as I rolled over to look over my bed. A man was standing there, by my bed, at about eye level, since I was on the top bunk. He was just staring intently, and for a split second, I thought it was my dad. I quickly realised that it wasn't my father, and the man's look changed from one of intensity to an almost evil or sadistic grin. It looked as though his fists were clenched at his sides, like there was something in his hands, but I couldn't make it out. He looked real, but at the same time not, and had a greenish, dull, hazy tint. I didn't notice what he was wearing, as he just looked dull. This thought process of analysing this man happened in maybe a second or two, I yanked my covers over my head and laid there paralysed in fear, unable to scream or move. I ever so slightly and slowly turned over towards the wall again, and just lay there, my heart pounding so loudly 
that that was all I could hear. I knew I had been completely awake, as I was now thinking about what happened and I couldn't comprehend it. I wanted to scream for my mum, but I couldn't. Something in me said, don't make him mad by getting your mum. I wanted to pretend it was all a dream, and that way it wasn't real and he couldn't hurt me. Either way, I didn't tell my parents about it until years later, when I was a teenager, and we were talking about ghosts one morning at breakfast. Throughout my years living at my parents' house, I had a few other random experiences at night, like waking up in paralysed fear, feeling a presence in the room, and sleeping with a light on. I would have fits of nightmares, where I felt like I was almost not in control of myself, and I couldn't wake up, even though I was aware I was dreaming and trying to wake up. I had many feelings over the years where I felt someone was watching me, especially in the shower, and the hairs on the back of my neck would stand up. Either way, I see all of these smaller experiences as they could be whatever, but I'm sure of my experience as a child. I certainly don't wish for it to happen again, and it truly was one of the most frightening moments of my life. The Selbyville Swamp Monster Since the early 1960s, legend has it that a grotesque creature known as the Selbyville Swamp Monster lurks in the murky terrain of the Great Cypress Swamp in Selbyville, Delaware. Whether you believe in the legends or not, there may be a more obvious explanation to the fabled tale. Over 40 years ago, Ralph Grapperhouse, the appreciated editor of the Delmarva News, willingly admitted to creating a hoax, producing the story of a monster that inhabited the Great Cypress Swamp. He even went so far as to have a friend dress up and play the role of the Yeti-like creature. The costume was made by the actor Fred Stevens, using his Aunt Dorothy's old raccoon hat, a scary mask, and a club. Stevens would hide in the shallows of the woods, then jump out at passing cars on Route 54. A local legend soon unfolded. The two held on to the hoax for years, and the news of the alleged beast sightings spread like wildfire around central Sussex County. A photo of the Selbyville Swamp Monster even made the front page of the Delmarva News on April 23, 1964. It wasn't long before several other local news agencies got a hold of the story, fueling the monster frenzy. Stevens, then 26, even went as far as participating in the hunt to locate the enigmatic creature of the Great Cypress Swamp. The prank continued for months, until eventually Stevens feared for his own safety. However, it wasn't until 23 years later, in 1987, that Stevens revealed his hidden role and the secret he and Ralph Grapper House had kept for so many years. Oddly, though, residents continued to report sightings of a monster even after Stevens ceased his charade. Even stranger is the fact that Stevens hasn't played the Selbyville Swamp Monster since 1964, leading many to believe that a creature actually rambles the woods of the Great Cypress Swamp. So, are we sure the Selbyville Swamp Monster was actually a hoax? Salisbury author Andy Nunes references the local swamp monster in his book 
Mysteries of the Eastern Shore. Although many believe the rumours have since been dismissed, Nunas and many other local Eastern Shore natives don't rule out the possibility of an actual creature anytime soon. In fact, strange sightings and happenings in the swamp have been reported long before Stevens and Grapperhouse's swindle. In the 1920s, a couple of hunters reported hearing loud, inhuman screeching, followed by sounds of something very large and heavy racing towards them. So, is it possible that there really may be a monster roaming the foggy shadows of the Great Cypress Swamp? Eastern Shore natives may never know, but regardless, I believe the legend will live on. The Butler by X Smiley Staff X15 My name is Stephanie, and I've been witnessing paranormal activities and entities since I was a very young child. I'm about to tell you of one of the first experiences I've ever had. My mum is very spiritual, and has always told me that I'm very sensitive and that there's an energy about me that she feels attracts people from the other side, as she is the same way. I am one of six children. My mother and father brought our house in central Delaware in the early 80s before I was born. The house was built in 1900 and is a part of the historic district. Shortly after moving in, my mum did a little remodelling, and a few years later, I was born and grew up in the house, until we moved to southern Delaware right before I entered high school. We still own the house. In fact, I currently live here again as an adult, with my boyfriend and a few of his friends. My mum split the house into a duplex, and one side is currently rented out to me. When I was about eight years old, it was a normal school night, and my mum had put me to bed about nine o'clock. I awoke some time late, as it was pretty evident no one else was up in the house. All was quiet, and the whole light outside my bedroom door was turned off. The only light that was around was the street light that shone through my bedroom window. I opened my eyes, and at the foot of my bed stood a man I could only describe as being a butler. He was tall, wore a black suit with long coattails, white gloves, and held a silver tray on the palm of one of his hands. The man in the suit just seemed to look down at me, with no real emotion in his eyes, and, thinking it was a dream, I slowly drifted off to sleep, without feeling any real reason for alarm. I never told my mother. What makes this story even more unnerving is the fact that before I moved back into the house a little over a year ago, my mother and I were cleaning it out to get it ready for a new tenant that would be renting one side of the house and me, who would be renting the other side. We were in the attic, which has a really cool wooden spiral staircase, scrubbing the walls and floors since it had been uninhabited for a while. I was coming down the stairs, and as I reached the bottom, I saw a man in a suit walk down the hallway from the back bedroom to the front bedroom. No one was in the house but my mother and I. I flew back up the attic stairs, cursing and shaking, and told my mother what I had seen. I said I had seen a man that resembled a butler walk through the upstairs part of the house. My mum stopped and caught her breath. The next thing she said really freaked me out. I had never told her of my experience as a child, 
She looked at me with strange eyes and said, A butler? Your older sister said that when she was young that she had seen a butler staring at her in her bedroom in the middle of the night. I guess we were making too much noise for him. Since moving in again, I have not seen anything else of this man in the suit, but sometimes I feel eyes watching me while I'm in the upper part of the house and the hair raises on the back of my neck. Hi guys, thank you so much for listening to today's video. I really hope you enjoyed it. If you did, make sure to leave a like and feel free to share it on your social media. Also, if you haven't already, please make sure to hit that notification bell and the subscribe button so you don't miss the next video. As I said, we've got some really fun stuff coming up and I would really hate for you to miss it. So, until next time, sleep tight. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.